Time is moving quickly. Uh, we want to get the most out of this class Sorry. that we can. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Sam Heigert. Uh, me and my wife, Lindsay, we lead the campus ministry in Athens, Georgia. Come on. Go dogs. Um, we've been there about a year and a half now, almost two years. Love being there. Um, but uh, yeah, so this class is uh, on humility, uh, which I'm really excited to uh, talk about this. Because I need no help in this whatsoever, my character. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm really excited to talk about this because, you know, I think for me in my life, um, basically these past couple months, I've been learning a lot about my character. And I think one of the things that I'm learning about more than anything is how prideful and arrogant I can be. Can you guys relate to that? Is that just me? Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Um, you know, I kind of will kind of tell you guys my story a little bit and kind of what I've been going through these past couple months. But um, so basically, you know, me and Lindsay, we've been in Athens for about a year and a half. And it's been great and we've loved being there. We love the ministry. We love our students to death. I see Becca, one of our own in here. Awesome. Way to support the troop. Um, but, uh, you know, I think for me... I got my start in campus ministry in Chicago. I served in the uh, campus up there for about uh, two years before I got the call to come lead the campus in uh, Athens, where I actually had graduated from, so I was a part of the campus ministry there. So I was really excited to be able to come back and lead the campus ministry that I was a part of, you know, that had given so much to me, you know, and be able to have the chance to come back and lead it. You know, but I think for me, you know, I kind of came in with this mindset of, I'm going to take care of campus, and this is going to be great. You know, you guys don't have to worry about this. I got this. And I kind of came in with a lot of pride and with a lot of arrogance. And, uh, you know, I think what I've kind of realized in the past couple months is that hurts me a lot, uh, spiritually, but it also hurt my ministry a lot. Um, and so basically what happened these past couple months some of you guys know Sunny Sessions. He leads the, you know, church down there. And you guys a lot of know him from, from camp, uh, for those of you that have been to camp before. But, uh, you know, Sonny sat me down last semester. And uh, he kind of sat me down and, you know, basically said this. We would get time together, but it wasn't like consistent time. I really wasn't going after it. So he sat me down and he was like, dude, you got to submit yourself to somebody. He says, it doesn't have to be me. But just submit yourself to somebody, you know, and because uh, kind of my problem was is I didn't really go after training when I got there. I didn't really seek it out, um, you know, and, and Sonny was great because he just kind of was like, dude, like, you can go after this in your life. And um, so we ended up having a great talk, um, you know, but uh, kind of the biggest thing that he's been working on with me is my humility. Um, and, and my character and you know it's been good because I'm starting to see one how much I need that in my life you know but I'm starting to see the fruit from that and, and meeting with Sonny every week and going after that time and going after the training um, now Lindsay's going to share a couple things about uh, her yeah so uh, when I first like when I hear the word humility I have like mixed emotions <laughs> I'm like it's like I have this like 
my first reaction honestly is like fear um there have been totally and there have been times when I was in campus and I like humbled myself to someone and I poured myself out to them and I poured my heart out to them and then I was really hurt and I or I felt misunderstood or I felt unloved or I just felt very hurt or I was hurt so my initial reaction sometimes especially when I think of like humbling myself to someone else is like I get really scared um but the other thing the other flip side of that is there's this like freedom if you like see humility the way God sees it there's a freedom and a peace and a joy that I've been able to experience um and something the last couple months <laughs> I was I don't know if you guys know Kristen Van Buren but she is a disciple in our church in Athens and I was hanging out with her and she was just sharing her life with me and I was <laughs> just telling her that the fe- like past few months I had been so easily annoyed with people, so easily angered by people, so easily frustrated, so easily hurt by people, um, and just not like, I'm like, I feel no love. Like, I don't feel like love for this person. I don't feel like I want to hang out with this person. Like, that is literally where my heart has been. No joke. And that is, like, disgusting. And I hate it. And it, like, makes me so frustrated and angry that I am feeling those things or, like, lack of those things. Um, it was crazy because I was getting time with Kristen and she was sharing with me that when she, she used to do, like, used to be in the campus ministry and she was like, something she realized that was so many times she would get with people, but she would rely on her own strength or her own abilities or her own knowledge, even of the Bible, when she got, like, spent time with people, whether it was friends, campus students, whatever, and her heart just got so hard. And I was just like, dude, that is literally where I am at right now. Like, I just was looking at the past couple months. And I was like, I have so, been so dependent on my own knowledge of God and my own, like, relationship with God or my own knowledge, like, like, biblical knowledge or my own strengths. Like, man, it's like, I'm so good at loving people. (laughs) Like, that's literally like, I'm like, yeah, it's really easy for me to love people. But not the last couple months. It hasn't been. It's been because I'm, like, relying on myself. And she shared with me um, Jeremiah chapter 17 in verse, uh, starting in verse 5. It says, this is what the Lord says. Number one, love it because I'm like, dang, okay, so God says this. He says, cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert, in the salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. I love it. It just like brings, every time I read this, like my soul is like put at peace. Of like, God doesn't want me to rely on myself. <laughs> like, he doesn't want me to rely on my own strength or my own knowledge or my own abilities. Like, he wants me to fully put my confidence in him and, like, my whole strength and everything in him. So that has been the last couple months. God has been revealing a lot of that to me. Yeah, so, you know, Lindsay and I are very excited to talk about this today because we've been learning a lot about it in our character as far as, you know, what does it mean for me in my life 
and to humble myself before God. Yeah. You know, so when you guys think of the word humility, though, um, what are some things that come to mind? Like, how would you define humility or to be humble? What do you think? Putting others before you. Putting others first, yeah. Philippians 2 talks about considering others' needs before your own. That's a big part of it. Seeing, like, your true size compared to God in the world. Yeah, kind of seeing yourself for who you are compared to God. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Being submissive. Being submissive, okay. Uh, I heard someone tell me having nothing to lose and nothing to prove. Nothing to lose and nothing to prove. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. It's the sense of nothingness. Anybody else? I was once told that it's not thinking of self less, thinking less of self. Yeah, that's good. Any other thoughts? All right, let's turn our Bibles over to Matthew chapter 5. Right. So on, we're going to kind of read about, you know, Jesus um, here and his Sermon on the Mount. This is kind of one of the things he says to kind of kick off his ministry. You know, we're going to read just one verse. But there's so much packed into this one verse in the Beatitudes here. Matthew chapter 5 verse 3. All it says, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What do you guys think when Jesus says poor in spirit? What do you think it means to be poor in spirit? What is Jesus talking about here? What do you guys think? Anybody want to take a stab? Yeah, kind of like seeing your need for God. Yeah, seeing your need for God, that's a huge part of it. Anybody else? To be poor in spirit? I think like physical poverty and you can't provide for yourself. Yeah, a spiritual poverty, comparing it to a, a physical poverty. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think of the poor, they're like desperate for anything that they can get, like food Yeah, all, you, all those things that you guys said are awesome. Basically, the concept that Jesus is describing here is that, you know, for me to be poor in spirit is to have the concept of being a spiritual beggar. Yeah. Does that make sense? And it's being a spiritual beggar before God. And what that is, that's understanding who I am before God. You know, that I am nothing before God and that I cannot do anything without Him. Because when you think about someone who's a spiritual beggar, when you think about, you know, somebody, you know, he was talking about, you know, having a physical, you know, being like a physical beggar, you know, what that means is that you're in a place of need. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that's where I think for a lot of us, it starts with us being humble as understanding that, man, I need God in my life. I need him so desperately in my life that I cannot do anything without him. I am literally begging because I need this so bad in my life. Yeah. And it's this concept of being a spiritual beggar because when you think about it, it kind of goes back to us when we first became a Christian, right? When you first became a Christian, you acknowledge that I need God in my life. Yeah. Does that make sense? Now the thing is though, is to make sure that man, if we're going to stay a Christian, guys, we have to constantly remain in the state of being a spiritual beggar. Yeah. Right? If we're going to stay close to God and if we're going to stay a Christian because, you know, the problem is, is I think what can happen to us over time, the longer we are as a Christian, is we kind of forget how lost we really are. Yeah. You know, it's so easy to kind of go through the motions and kind of 
you know, settle a little bit and kind of forget kind of where we came from. Yeah. You know, I think is it what is it? Revelation 2 talks about, remember the height from which you have fallen. You know, and it's kind of, I mean, I can never lose that spiritual beggar spirit in me and understanding that, man, every day when I wake up in the morning, I have to understand, man, I need God in my life. That's kind of the whole reason we have our quiet times is I'm physically acknowledging, okay, I need this. You know, it's having that spiritual beggar mindset. Um, now, Lindsay's going to share just a few things. Yeah. I like, even like reading this right now, I like hate how many times I've read this and just like read through the Beatitudes and just been like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't totally understand it. It's fine. And, you know, just like kind of move past it. I like hate that. That is just, I've done that so many times. But I, um, I love that he says like in order to inherit the kingdom of God, like in order to spend eternity with God in heaven, like this has to be our spirit. Like this has to be our character, like our deepest like part of our souls. Like we have to like spiritually beg and thirst and need God. I love that again, because it goes back to like, I can be so self-reliant and so dependent on myself. And God's like, no, like depend on me. Like I want to take care of you. Like I've got you. You get to inherit heaven if you are just a spiritual beggar for me. But um, I love, I want to kind of just point out like this word blessed, even where it starts out with that. Because I think so many times we can think of, like our culture says like a blessing is like, I'm happy, I have a home, and like, I'm safe, and I have clothes, or I, you know, was in a car accident, but I didn't get hurt. Like, we consider these, like, blessings, but then what if you get in a car accident, and like, you do get hurt? Then is it not, like, are you not blessed by God? So I think, like, this word, we can, like, throw it around, and we can misconstrue it in our mind, and it's so much, like, deeper than a happiness. Like, God is, like, you just see so many promises from Jesus that he's like, you will find rest for your souls. Like, you can rejoice in God even through suffering. Like, this word blessed, like, yeah, we're going to go through hardship. We're going to suffer. We're going to be sad. They're going to go through really hard times. But through those things, if we have this, like, spirit of being a spiritual beggar, like, we're going to be able to rejoice in God. And we're going to have a peace from God that we can't understand and that no one else can understand. Um, and I just think, like, I've had to really, like, wire my brain of, like, okay, like, being blessed by God does not mean that he gives me all these things or that I have all these gifts. But it just means that he's going to give me peace and rest in my soul and the hope and promise of eternity. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So now what we're going to do is we're going to turn our Bibles over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to read about... You know, maybe outside of Jesus, in my mind, you know, one of the best examples of somebody who had this, you know, spirit of a spiritual beggar, somebody who had this great spirit of humility. We're going to talk about Paul. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9 and 10. Verse 9, it says... For I am the least of the apostles and do not even to be deserved to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace to me was, with not, was not without effect. No, I worked harder than, than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Yeah. 
And you know, I love this because you know, what Paul is saying is you know, he realizes that he is entitled to nothing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because why? Because he understands I persecuted the church and it was my sin. You know, other, so therefore, I'm, I'm entitled to nothing in this world. You know, and I think of that word entitlement. Uh, why do you guys think it is that we feel like we're entitled to anything in this life? Why is it that we feel like we're owed something or that, that we're due something in this life? Even as Christians, why do you guys think that is? Why do we feel those things? I think this is some type of a selfishness. Okay, selfishness. Okay. I think it's selfishness, but I also think like in society, it's so much if we do this and you get that. So right. It's like almost sometimes we're being great in our head of like, no, we should be yeah, that's what society tells us. Absolutely. Why else do we feel this need to, to, to feel entitled to something? Or that we're owed something or do something in this life? Any other thoughts? Sometimes I think life is just really hard. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, well, I deserve something nice. You know, I deserve to be happier. I deserve that ice cream moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Kind of like the Israelites, so like they had God and they were his people, and then they like felt kind of tied to it, and they just had to go and make a blessing. Yeah, they lost their sense of gratitude. Absolutely, that's a huge part of it. Any other thoughts on why we feel we need to be entitled? I mean, like uh, it means it's have like a happier, joyful life. Like a lot of these certain things, it's like I will be happy. Yeah, absolutely. I start to think about like past accomplishments or whatever I've done. Right. Right. This relationship, whatever it is. You know, I don't think about Yeah, we kind of put all the stock in ourselves, right? Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, some practical examples, like I know something that I can struggle with, you know, being in the ministry is just recognition. You know, I want to be recognized for certain things in my life. You know, things that I've done, like how come, you know, I'm not the guy doing the keynote speaker thing, and, you know, how come I'm not this and I'm not that, and I think we constantly feel this need to be recognized in this world, that man, like, look at me, look what I'm doing. You know, I think another thing that we can struggle with in the sense of being entitled is, you know, sometimes a lot of us feel like if I'm doing well spiritually, if I'm obeying God, I deserve blessings from God, you know? A lot of us can get caught up in that mindset you know, I think it even can come to relationships. You know, that I, I, I need a relationship. I'm owed a boyfriend or a girlfriend. How come I don't have this in my life? You know, does that make sense? You know, but I think what's so, so cool about Paul is, you know, something that we have to understand that Paul understood is, guys, the only thing that, the only thing that we're entitled to in this world is death. Yeah. Why? Because, you know, Paul understood that what his sin did and what our sin did is that it murdered Jesus. So how can I even begin to feel this, feel this need of entitlement, that I'm entitled to anything in this world, knowing that my sin murdered the Son of God? And that's kind of where Paul you know, gets his, his thoughts coming from because you know, it's not until we truly understand, you know, view ourselves as Paul did, that we're going to be able to humble ourselves before God and see our need for Him yeah. in our life. Um. You know, I love what he says, you know, in uh, 
verse 10, he says, you know, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. You know, the only reason he says that I'm anything, the only reason he says that I am what I am is because of God's grace. That's the only thing that I can take pride in in this world is knowing that I can remain and that I can abide in God's grace every day. That's the only thing that I can take pride in in this life is remaining in God's grace. You know, I think it's kind of like this concept of, you know, we need to be God-esteemed and not self-esteemed. Having self, I want to have God-esteemed. Does that make sense? Uh, now Lindsay wanted to share just a, a few things. Yeah, I, this like, like my heart is like so happy reading this. Because um, I have to ask myself all the time, I have like a very, I'm a guilty soul. And when it comes to God's grace, like, I have to fight really hard to like wrap my mind around it because it's so awesome and so great and I like am so undeserving of it that sometimes it's hard for me to like completely understand it but I like have to ask myself Sam was like we were reading over this this morning and I was just thinking like like is God's grace enough for me like the fact that I am saved and that I have God's Holy Spirit living inside of me and I'm no longer a slave to my sin like, is that enough? Like, is that enough for me to the day I die? You know, whether, whether or not, like, we buy a house one day, whether or not, like, we, you know, we will lose all our family members. That's going to happen. Like, people in our life are going to leave. They're going to move. They're going to die. Like, there is hardship and there is sadness and there are things that are going to happen. Like, God, like, we're promised hardship. It's happening. But I think through that, like, is like God really enough is his grace enough and I can have such a really hard time with this because how many of you guys grew up like in our like sisterhood and fellowship of churches yeah dude so (laughs) it's like it is it that I truly believe is such a gift from God Mm -hmm. is such a gift from God Um, but in that someone said it earlier It is so easy to forget and to take for granted, like, the amazing treasure that we have being a part of God's kingdom. Like, that is incredible. That is an amazing treasure. I I can so easily forget it. And I can so easily feel like, like Sam was saying, like, man, I, God, like, I am spending time with you every morning. I am, like, denying myself like in my job, like I'm denying myself. I work as a nurse as well, not just campus ministry. So I can feel like I'm denying myself at work. Like I'm denying myself in all these ways. Like, can you answer this prayer for me? Like an example is I work night shift and day shift and I go back and forth between night shift and day shift. Sometimes I get a little crazy mm. <laughs> and I feel a little crazy and I can like, the, and I've been doing this for like two and a half years. And when I first started it, like my prayer was God, like, please like, take this away. Like, I cannot do night shift. Like, I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. Like, God, please, like, take this job away. Help me find another job. And he has, that hasn't happened. Like, I still work night shift every couple months. But through that, all, I mean, it has been hard. I've wrestled. I have cried. I, it hasn't been easy, but I'm just like, okay, God's ways are higher than my ways, and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. If I work night shift the rest of my life, that's okay. Like, I don't deserve to have an easy, comfortable job. I don't have, deserve to have a job that I enjoy every day. Um, so I think it's just one of those things that, like, I constantly, every day, like, 
I don't do this. I'm not great at doing this every day, but I have to fight to ask myself, like, is God's grace enough? Like, is the fact that I get to spend eternity with God in heaven and have a relationship with him here on earth, like, is that enough for me? Yeah, you know, and I love what Paul says, you know, when he says, you know, but God's grace was not without effect, you know, because that's what made Paul such an effective disciple and so influential in the church is because he saw everything, you know, in his life, you know, as just a plus, knowing that he deserved death for persecuting the church. He deserved death for his sins, that he understood that his sin murdered Jesus, that everything else was just a benefit, you know, in his life, you know, and, you know, I think a good question to ask ourselves sometimes is what effect has God's grace had on me lately? You know, think about that. How has that personally affected you recently in your life? Has it had any effect in your life recently? Um, You know, because, you know, Paul, you know, he just had this very humble, healthy view of who he was before God. And that, again, wasn't entitled to anything in this world. Yeah. You know, and something that Sonny has been teaching me a lot, you know, um, through our times together. He says, in order for you to be your best you have to be first willing to look your worst, you know, and I'm learning so much that about myself right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it goes back to, you know, what James says, it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. That's James four, six. Um, we got like five minutes. So we're going to, we're going to race through this real quick. But the question is, is where did Paul kind of get this mindset? You know, how did he kind of adopt this mindset of humility and understanding that I'm entitled to nothing in this world? Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to end off here. Come on, babe. We're going to read verses 3 through 8. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. Let me get there. All right, Philippians 2, we're going to start in verse 3. Verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but of, to the interests of others. And your relationships with one, with one another, it says, Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, That at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, and I love how it kind of talks about, you know, referring to Jesus as Jesus made himself nothing. You know, and it's this idea of nothingness, you know. And what do you guys think it means when he says, when it says that Jesus made himself nothing? What do you think that means? When he says he made himself nothing. Any ideas? Maybe he was not just down to earth and became a human being. He was the highest 
Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great example. Any other thoughts? I'd say not never thinking of himself more of a higher person than anybody else. Like, yeah. You see examples of that through his whole ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Alyssa. Uh, I was just thinking back to like the entitlement. Like he was entitled to everything and yeah. he took none of it. Yeah. Right. That's very true. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that sticks out to me, you know, it says he made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant. You know, when you think about the word servant, you know, back in those days, you know, to be a servant, I mean, you were like the lowest of the low. You know, like you could be bought, you could be exchanged, you could be sold. I mean, your whole purpose on this life and this life was just to serve. You know, does that make sense? You know, and I think what Paul says is that we're supposed to adopt this same mindset of Jesus. Because what did Jesus say in Mark 10? He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Yeah. Whoever will be the greatest among you will be your servant. You know, and I think when it comes to us in our life, guys, you know, what we have to understand as, as Christians is, guys, if you want the highest place in God's kingdom to be the best servant. You want to be the most humble in your campus ministry? Be the best servant. Does that make sense? Take the place of the lowest. And understand that, man, I don't need any recognition from anywhere else. All I need to know is that God recognizes it. And that God sees me. That's all that matters in this world because that's what true humility is. You know, is that God recognizes what I'm doing. He sees what I'm doing. And that's, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You know, but I think what encourages me about this scripture, you know, after it says that, you know, Jesus humbled himself to death, even death on a cross, right after it says that what? God exalted him. You know, and I think, you know, there's a scripture, what is in James 4.10, it says, you know, humble yourself on the side of the Lord and he will what? Lift you. He will lift you up. You know, and I think kind of what I want to encourage you guys with is, you know, just be a servant. You know, in your campus ministries, just be an incredible servant. Forget everything else. Understand, you know, for you to kind of have that mindset to be that great disciple that Paul was, and understand that, man, I'm not entitled to anything in this world other than death. Yeah. Knowing that, man, my sin murdered Jesus. Yeah. You know, so and understanding that, man, if I just can humble myself, and if I just have the heart attitude of a servant, God is going to exalt me. Does that make sense? And again, going back to you know what Sunny told me, which really helped me. In order for you to be your best, you have to be willing to look your worst. Yeah. So I want to just encourage you guys with that. I hope that, that was helpful for you guys. Yeah. I don't want to run past time. Come on. Thank you guys.